Welcome to Relationships Unhinged Podcast, where we explore dysfunctional partnerships that became deadly. These stories give a whole new meaning to the term, till death do us part. And welcome to episode nine of Relationships Unhinged podcast. Welcome back. And we so, got nine episodes, so that's something. Yeah, and I got lots of them in the queue. There you go. Yeah. So what do you have in store today? So today we're going to talk about Todd and Amy Mullis. They're from Iowa. Um, he was 43. Okay. She's 39. Um, they were married in 2004, which I don't know, like it sounds like a little ironic, but they were married on 9-11. No. Right? Is that like a star cross thing? I don't know. Um, but they lived in Earlsville, Iowa. She was a registered nurse, but she quit working to work on the hog farm with oh, him. Sounds like a fair trade off. I mean, who knows? I guess hogs don't complain, ask for drugs, strangle you with your stethoscope. True. So, but they do, they probably poop more than humans. Yes. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> it being fun. So they had three children. And uh, I guess they're moving right along in their relationship. He was, sounds like, possessive and jealous. He was always, like, asking where she was. Like, if she went somewhere, she'd call him when she left. She'd call him when she was on her way home. Like, he had to, like, always know, like, if there was, like, a reasonable amount of time. Like, all right, why are you at Walmart for 60 minutes instead of, like, 15 minutes? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, they had problems, it sounds like. <clears throat> yeah. That's not normal. Her friends nicknamed her P.O.T., Ah. prisoner of Todd they said that um, you know she had like a, just a long history of like feeling trapped feeling like a prisoner worried about the fact that if she ever left um, he wouldn't react well so around 2013 2013 um, she has an affair and uh, he forgives her and they well, moved. she came clean yeah I guess I guess he caught her and then she came clean and it looks like there was like other times when he accused her of having an affair. I don't know if she ever was other times or not, but it seemed like he always thought she was. Um, but definitely in 18, starting May of 18, she started having an affair with this guy, Jerry Frasher, who like provided services to the farm and stuff. And, um, and to her. <clears throat> it turns <laughs> out, yes. Yeah. So... Um, he finds out because he sees these text messages on her phone, like an excessive amount of text messages to this guy. And like, why would she be calling this guy? Cause like he dealt with the farm stuff. Um, so he like accuses her, like what's going on with this? And then he calls the guy right. and he says like, why are you texting my wife like a million times a day? And the guy's like, oh, we're just talking about like pig stuff and um, you know, nothing major business stuff. He's like, you can read the text messages. We're not talking about anything bad or whatever but like Todd was like really jealous and he called this guy's wife and he's like for some reason like your husband and my wife are texting each other a lot and the wife's like um I you know I think you might be kind of crazy I don't think my husband's doing anything with your wife so you know uh I guess Todd and Amy kind of hash it out and he believes her that she's not having an affair with him so two days later he calls up 
this Jerry Frash guy and his wife, and he apologizes for being a crazy person, like accusing them. Instead of texting, <laughs> they both like built a Gmail account and they just Gmailed each other. And they like met like in random places, like hooked up in the car and stuff. You know, like when asked if they talked about a future, like in the trial, Jerry said, yeah, we talked about a future. She was scared to leave Todd. You know, she, she made statements to me like, he'll feed me to the pigs. You know, like that's kind of Carol Baskin-ish. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, I'll disappear. Like, so I'll disappear is like kind of weird because it's not like he'll kill me. Because like, I feel like anybody would say like, my, my husband found out he'd kill me, right? right? But like, she didn't say he'll kill me. She said, I'll disappear. So like in the trial, you know, when they were asking this guy, this guy really sounded like he tried to minimize stuff or whatever. Um, then on October 14th of that year, she told friends that he like officially actually found out that they were truly having an affair and that things were like really bad, that they were fighting and that she was like trying to figure out what, what to do. And she even made a statement to one of her friends that if she went missing to check this wooded area on this property they owned. Like That's kind of weird. Yeah, like as if he alleged like no one would find you here or something yeah. like that. So she tried to like tell them like, if something happens to me, like check this place. You know, shortly later, she has like a minor procedure done. And you know, this is kind of important because in the trial, they mentioned this minor procedure because they're saying that Todd kind of planned what he did around her minor procedure because she came back. Doesn't say what the procedure was. I don't know if it was, you know. Some girl thing. Yeah, girl thing. I don't know what it was, but it was a minor procedure. So the day after, you know, she went out and she was trying to do work around the farm and stuff. And he said that she was feeling dizzy and faint, and not just not herself. And he said, go in the house, go in the house. She was like, I'm good, I'm good. But then he claims that he um, he sent her out to get an animal carrier in the shed. And then a little while later, her 13-year-old son finds her in the shed. Like, she's like crouched over like on her hands and knees and there's a corn rake in her back. In her back? In her back, yeah. Okay. So, you know, the son gets the husband and he's like, oh my God, something happened to mom. So the husband comes and he claims that he pulled the, the rake out and put her in the car and tried to take her to the hospital. But in the meantime, you know, when they're in the car, so the husband's driving, the kid's in the seat, the wife is laying on top of the kid. How old's the kid? 13. So he corroborates this? Sort of. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's, he corroborates this part because this is the part that actually seems like it happened. Right. He doesn't know, he doesn't, he didn't see his mom, like, so Todd says she fell on a rake, that she must have got dizzy, must have actually fainted and fell on this rake. So but it was on her back. It was in her back. Like, yeah. so if you faint, generally you faint like sideways or forward. You don't generally faint onto your back. You know, I feel like, you know, I mean, I've seen people faint. They just generally go forward. Um... But this was in her back. So um, now the craziest part of this story, the reason that this story is like a thing for us, is that he's in the car and he calls 911 and he's like, my, you know, my wife fell on a corn rake, it, you know, it impaled her in the back. So they're like, all right, well, you know, is she breathing? He's like, I don't think so. So they're like, okay, pull over, the ambulance will meet you, do CPR, right? So he starts doing CPR to her. Right, and he's on the phone with nine one one, and they're like, you know, do chest compressions. Yeah, they give you all the instructions. And, right, yeah. and so you can hear the nine one one call because it's available online. So he's like doing, he's like doing compressions or whatever, and then in his trial, like 
the, the prosecutor brings to light, like, listen to this tape because she hears him say, like, he's like pushing, he's like, and he's like, fucking whore. And then he's like pushing, he's like, and then he's like, go to hell, you cheating whore. Wow. And right. this is all captured on 911 tape? Yeah, no, I listened to this 911 tape and it's so faint that it's like hard. Like if, if she didn't listen a million times and find it, I probably would have just like not thought anything. Right. But she like plays it really loud and she thinks he says cheating whore, but to me it sounds like he said fucking whore. Do, do you know what you whispered there? No. Did you hear that? So I'm going to play that part one more time. The first clip is 6.53 of that second tape. And this second one is right at 7, um, I'm sorry, 0700. Just try to listen really closely. I just want to know if you remember what you said. Right there, do you say, go to hell, cheating whore? No. So you don't hear that? No. You didn't hear at 6.53, cheating whore? You didn't hear that? I didn't hear that word. And it's right at that, after you hear a ping, you don't hear, go to hell, cheating whore? No. And then he, you can, I think you can clearly hear him say, go to hell. And then I think he says again, like, cheating whore. You know, which I find kind of ironic, because you know when they teach you CPR, you know, they like teach you to like, stay alive. Yeah. So like, so <laughs> this guy's like, go to hell, you cheating whore. <laughs> like, <laughs> which, that's crazy. Like, yeah. you're on the phone with the police, right. and you're saying these awful things. You know, he says on a nine one one tape that's recorded. Mm -hmm. It's super smart. Yeah, and she plays it, and it, it's crazy the way he plays it off. Because she's like, "Do you hear yourself? Like, call her a cheating whore?" And he's like, "Nope." So she's like, "Okay, well, what about here? Do you hear yourself say go to hell?" And he's like, "Nope." And she's like, you don't hear yourself say, go to hell, cheating whore. And he's like, nope. <laughs> well, like everyone's in there and she's got it like, she's got it like cranked up. Yeah. And now you can, you can definitely, like, like I said, I feel like he said fucking whore. And he said it like kind of, it was muffled. But he didn't even come up with like, he didn't even come up with like an alternative thing. Like he didn't even say like, no, I said, yeah. <laughs> do it more. Or right. <laughs> You know, like he didn't even come up with an alternative. Yeah. It was just, nope, it wasn't me. Didn't say it. Yeah, if he was smart, he would have just said, yeah. Like, do it more. <clears throat> like, telling myself, just do it more, do it more. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, you know. So, no. So then the ambulance comes. They take over. They take her to the hospital. She's pronounced dead at the hospital. So, obviously, she goes for an autopsy. And when she gets the autopsy, they find that this four pronged rake has left six prongs in her back <laughs> so she claims Oops. that at least twice if not three times she was stabbed by this rake wow and the way that it went into her back it went from like an upward angle so like if you fainted on it right. it would go from you know the bottom facing up but this one went from the top facing down yeah which means she was stuck by somebody right like yeah. he was behind her and he literally stabbed down into wow. her so that's rough man right have that thing go through you because i feel like even if you fainted on it like Maybe it would cut you, but I can't imagine it would like actually impale you. No. Like I feel like you would just like like a rake, like stepping on a rake, like it would come up because right. it's like curved. The blade is like curved, so I feel like it would just come up. If anything, it's gonna give you a concussion because the handle's gonna <laughs> smash you in the head. <laughs> right, yeah. right, but no, she's just got like these impalement marks, six of them, from four prongs, 
And so now they start like investigating him and stuff. And they find these searches on his computer for like where vital organs are. Oh my God. How to kill people, what the repercussions were in like ancient tribes for like cheating spouses. <laughs> like all this crazy shit. Right. And so he, you know, he goes to trial and I mean, it's just like kind of obvious, you know, it's, it's like he, he claims that it was an accident and he maintained that it was an accident the whole trial. He never said that she was murdered right. when clearly she was murdered. Like when the, when the death, you know, the manner of death was, was named murder. He just maintained that it was an accident. So like maybe he should have changed his defense and said she was murdered, but somebody came in and killed her. It wasn't me. Like could have been that guy's wife. Could have been that guy, you know, Jerry. But no, he just says, no, it was an accident. She fell on it. She fell on it. It's like, even when they tell him, dude, it was homicide. He's like, no, she fell on it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, so like, I feel like if he had like a, maybe a good lawyer or whatever, like maybe that's how they, they would have advised him. Like, listen, they're saying the manner of death is homicide. So you can't, you, you ha we have to go along with that. We have to give alternative options. That guy's wife was pissed. That guy, right. you, you know. You see that all the time. People always, you know, have, oh, well, this person, it was this person or that person. Right, because all you really have to do is give the jury a doubt that right. it could have been anybody, like that it didn't have to be him. Okay, she was murdered, but it well, didn't have to be him. Yeah. You know, he's claiming like he cared about her because she didn't feel good because she just had surgery and, you know, he like told her to lay down. But if that's the case, like why did he send her all the way out to the shed right. to retrieve? Well, as soon as you told me that originally, because you first you told me that, you know, he told her go lay down, and now and then, then you were saying, oh well, go out to the shed and go get an animal carrier. I can't imagine that being light. For right. One. It, it, I mean, unless it's like exhausting. one of those fuzzy cat carriers or something. Yeah. But like they have hogs. Right. So, so yeah. Right. So um, so they in the trial he gets found guilty. Um, they sentence him to life in prison, of course. Now the crazy part about his trial is his trial started September sixteenth of this year. That's when they did jury selection. It was all over, and the verdict was was read on September 23rd. So seven days wow. from jury selection to guilty. Yeah. So he got sentenced to life in prison, but right away his defense lawyers said like we're gonna appeal, and like they asked for like an appeal, like even there, like at the trial they were like, um, you know, he didn't know that he didn't have to testify because like I feel like his testimony was kind of damaging, yeah. you know, because especially like when they're playing that tape and he's like. Nope. I mean, clearly he was saying that. Right. And then, you know, when he just maintains she fell on it, like nobody falls on a rake and it stabs you six times when it only has four prongs. Right. Like, you. It's so obvious. Right. Yeah. So, you, you know. You try to hide it. Right. So, so his, his, um, you know, his defense for an appeal would be like, okay, well, maybe, maybe if I get retried, I could admit that she was murdered, but like could have been somebody else. And, and then, of course, he wants to say that his defense was inadequate because they didn't tell him that he didn't have to testify. Right. Because it seems like his testimony was like the nail in his coffin. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. It's got, that's a terrible way to go. I know. Corn rake. You ever see one of those things? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, it's I'm, like a, a exactly horror movie. It looks like, yeah. It looks like a, like a giant fork. Yeah. With like these skinny prongs, like for the people that don't know, because right. I had to look it up because I didn't know what it was. Actually, we'll put it on the Instagram page so you can look this up if you're listening right now and you have no idea what a corn rake is. I'm going to help you out and we're going to put it Isn't on the Isn't there Instagram another page. name for it? I, I only know it as a corn rake. I mean, it might be called something else. 
I, I don't know. I, yeah, like, I mean, that's that, that's a brutal way to die. And yeah. then, you know, it's hard to tell, too, like, when they were telling him to give CPR, like, it's hard to tell if he took her out of the car, if he had her in the backseat, and it never says, like... Well, what's a 13-year-old saying? Well, he didn't say anything about that. You know, he just, he basically just maintained what he knew from the time he found her. Right. So he doesn't know what his dad did before he found her. He said there was about a minute and 40 seconds that he did not see his dad. So, I mean, how long does it take to stab someone? Twice. Yeah. A second, you yeah. know, bam, bam, dead. And then go find your mother. She should be in the house by now. The and then thought, the, kid the thought of it. that going into her back and then him pulling it out and then putting it in again, it's just nuts. I know. Well, plus, because he ripped it out in order to throw her in the car. And they were like, was it hard to pull out? And he's like, no. And they're like, they're like, it wasn't like hard to pull out. Like it didn't come out of bone or whatever. And he's like, no, it just came out. Like, I don't know. I feel like that would be like a really traumatic thing if you weren't the one that killed her. Like, I right. feel like you'd be like, oh my God, I can't even think about it. Like, yeah. but he was just like, nope, came right out, you know? Yeah. So like a lot of his testimony was kind of like, if I was on that jury, I'd be like, this guy did it. This guy's like really cold. And it's funny because like the comments underneath, like on the YouTube for his trial, the comments under like, I feel bad that he has to sit there and listen to her lover, like talking about them having sex. Because like, there's this guy, Jerry, you know, yeah, we went parking, yeah, all this stuff. And and people like actually felt bad for Todd and they thought they they think he's innocent. Oh my god. He I he's bleeding I, hearts, man. It's crazy. I honestly don't think he's innocent. <laughs> no. He obviously stuck that thing in her back. Twice at least. Yeah. If not three times. And you know, he like specifically Googled like where right. organs are in the body. So he was like looking for like what was definitely gonna kill her. Yeah. So, like, he must have stuck it, like, I mean, you know, maybe both of her lungs, Ugh. you know? And those things are long, those forks. They are. That had to hurt, man. Right. God And damn. that's what I'm saying. If you fell on it, I could see it giving you, like, small wounds. Yeah. I can't see it completely going through your bone and everything. Like, because if you, fa like I said, if you fainted on it, it would come up. So, would it, like, literally impale you? Like, I, I feel like it's impossible. Yeah. You know? It's, it, <laughs> it depends on what it hits. If it hits the spine or something, it could get caught up, but... Everything I mean, back there is all soft. Cage. Yeah, in a rib cage. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely doing damage. Two scapulas. It's definitely know. doing damage. Right. Like, if you're getting it jacked into you. Right. You know? Well, I'm sure that he had some force over his head handle and smashed into her back. Yeah. Man, that's tough, man. That's right? a rough one. Yeah. But in the meantime, he gives a CPR and says, go to hell, cheating whore. That's probably what did him in, honestly, with the jury. Yeah. The prosecutor playing that tape. That's yeah. what did it. And she was like, I love the prosecutor because she was like this rough, like she was like, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. Yeah. You're telling me you didn't hear that. And she's like, you said it. You said it. Like <laughs> <laughs> she was up in this shit. But the crazy thing is the, um, when the jury went to deliberate, some people claim that that's what they heard. Some mm. people thought they heard other things. And some people think they didn't hear anything, but just like, <laughs> you know, like just kind of like heavy breathing. Yeah, it's like the game telephone. Right. Yeah. So they ended up in, you know, in the end, they ended up just throwing out that piece of evidence really? and not using it. Yeah. Because not everyone heard the same thing. Hmm. I would have thought that had been the one that did it, man. You would it think. It's probably the Google searches then. If it the Google that. searches and the fact that it was the angle and the six yeah. puncture wounds. You know, she was stabbed, and then him constantly maintaining that it was an accident when it was not an accident. Yeah, clearly. Man. So yeah. he's in jail. She's dead. Mm -hmm. I wonder what happened with the kid. I don't know what happened. They, they actually had three children. Oh, wow. 
So I don't know where the kids are, but you know, the whole thing is, I guess that he was so scared that if she divorced him, like he would lose his farm right? and that was his livelihood. But her brother even mentioned in the trial that she was like, like hardcore planning to leave him. And her brother like was like gathering furniture and like storing it for her. And they were like looking for a place for her to go. So like she had like a plan to leave, yeah, even shame. though she, she was, even though she was worried about how he would re- respond or react, right. she was worried and she still was like, I got to get out of here. And I don't think she was going to leave him for the guy. I think she was just going to leave him because she was fed up. She yeah. felt like a prisoner and you know, he was jealous P-O-T. and controlling, right? P.O.T. Prisoner of Todd. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Man. I know. I know. But you know, it's like it's like these murders happen and they're sad and everything. But still, like, there's always like some component that's like so messed up, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And the and the, the brutalness, it's just it's crazy to me. It never shocks me, or always shocks me. It's just yeah. How brutal these are. I mean, the thing is, like humans, like take a lot to die. Like you can't like as much as people think like that human life is fragile but it takes a lot to kill someone like a healthy person standing there like they don't just die easy right so like i mean this is like the cases where they're like strangled stabbed beat you know choked drugs shot down their throat like all these cases that were like multiple you know modes of murder because it's not easy to kill someone so he like literally researched exactly how to kill her easy fast with that thing yeah man like irreparable and uh, i can't imagine like actually google searching at at the time and like really motivating myself to do this and then it's all premeditated so like okay i'm gonna wait till she's like bent over and this is how i'm gonna do it and this is the areas i'm gonna go for that's just nuts i know that's nuts like he waited and and like he waited and yeah and he, then he just i can see the people like you know in, in a fit of passion and rage and they you know they go into someone's in their bed like I get all that because they just lose their shit for a minute and then and afterwards like oh no, right? You know. But this was definitely yeah, premeditated yeah, definitely. because he planned it, he carried it out. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously from the research he was doing. And then it didn't even say like it. I mean, you know, not that CPR helps like victim of like you know two collapsed lungs or whatever she had, whatever right. actual, whatever actually did her in. Like CPR sometimes doesn't help those things, but it doesn't sound like he was really into it. No. Since he was, like, telling her to die, basically. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad this guy's not doing CPR on anybody else I know. No. I mean, <laughs> he <laughs> he's going to be spending a lot of time in jail. He really sucks at it. So, I mean, I, I feel like now that we're on 9, we should tell people that if they're enjoying our show, that they should um, like us, right. subscribe, subscribe yep. rate us, yeah. maybe give us comments. I mean, because we're new at this, we would love to hear, like, your feedback and, like, tell us how you feel, if you think we're doing a good job, if you think we should change up. And certainly if you have another case that you want us to research or some kind of outlandish murder story. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you can always, uh, on the Instagram page, um, just go on there and send us a message, DM, and say, hey, you you should do this story. I think this would be interesting, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, you're not going to know every single murder happens. No. A little help is awesome. And I like to find newer ones because I feel like they're not, they haven't been covered like ad nauseum. Right. You know, so I like to find things that just happened. Yeah. I like to just kind of speculate on what's going to happen. Well, there you have it. This is episode nine. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Bye-bye.